Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Berry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me, as always, Grayson Weir. Doing a little after dark for our second episode of the week. Had some uh, parenting duties that I had to attend to earlier today and uh, was not freed up. But we are here now and we are going to talk plenty of anything and everything we've got some mailbag questions to answer we're going to talk basketball recruiting a little baseball but uh first Grayson how are you I'm doing well Zach we're out here on a a Thursday evening we've got the NFL combine going out going on out in in Indianapolis I'm not sure I was talking uh to some people about this earlier the day I don't know why they decide that they have to do the drills at 10 p.m eastern time or you know, 9 p.m. Central Time in in Indianapolis, but the NFL Combine is going on. Lane Kiffin's out there. Monty Kiffin's out there. Uh, took a picture with Pete Carroll earlier today, and we've got some Rebels showing out today. So, you know, it's a good start to the Combine. We got Dontario Drummond running a, a 4.65 and a 4.61. Showed out in the gauntlet drill. Braylon Sanders had a 10.1 broad jump, which is pretty solid. Uh, 34-inch vertical, again, very solid. And then uh, went out there in the 40-yard dash and ran a 4-4-2 unofficial. So a pretty big day for the NFL or future NFL Rebs, soon-to-be future NFL Rebs. And, uh, you know, couldn't be, couldn't be better now that we've got football back on our television, at least in some capacity. How are you? Doing well. It's a uh, busy, um, like I said, busy day. Busy weekend, um, lots of recruiting stuff going on. Ole Miss is hosting their first junior day. Um, I expect there to be some basketball news um, this weekend. We'll get to that here in a moment. Um, I did want to, you know, you were giving guys shout-outs for running 40s. Um, Matt Corral is not competing at the NFL Combine, but I did see that he was rock, rocking the, uh, the Gray Fog Dunks Mm-hmm. Um, while he was there so those were pretty sharp um so yeah i mean corral's always rocking the uh the shoe game for sure um so if he's if he's not gonna be out there throwing nothing about the running not bad to be in some gray fox but um as we turn the page into our first segment i did want to talk to you about um since this is a recruiting show we're going to tie in some recruiting to some current events uh, currently, on one of my screens here, IMG is taking on Huntsville at the Perfect Game High School Showdown in Hoover, Alabama. Uh, IMG is now up 2 nothing in the bottom of the second. And I did see one Ole Miss commit, Jackson Ferris, striking out the side early in the game, 
sitting 93, 95, no big deal. Um, with that, I wanted to get your thoughts because I have seen very little outside of some clips on Twitter or highlights on YouTube. Ole Miss out to what are they now? Six and zero, seven and zero, right? Seven and zero, okay. Eight and zero. I don't know if they're eight and zero. I think it's seven and zero. Eight and zero. Are they eight and zero? Wow. Okay. Um, so obviously off to a hot start. Number two in the country. Um, it's impossible. To, I'm not going to ask you for any kind of prediction or anything, but just through eight games, the, the smallest of sample sizes, what are your thoughts on this baseball team right now? I like the bats a lot. Um, I saw something yesterday. It was Ole Miss is outscoring its opponents uh, like 92 to 26 or something like that, which is just absolutely insane. Um, so the bats look great. You know, they, they can't stop hitting five run rules. Um, really just, just turning, turning on the jets when it comes to offense, as for pitching, there are some question marks. Um, I think Jack Washburn looks good. Struck out, I believe eight guys, um, in his midweek start this week. Um, Hunter Elliott is kind of like, you know, everyone's comparing him to Doug McKenzie. I, I'd, I'd like to give Hunter Elliott his own moment to shine um, and not compare the two. However, it's, it's really hard not to um, because he looks like Doug, throws like Doug, and is just as nasty as Doug. Uh, Jack Doherty looks good. So a, as much as the pitchers are, are, are throwing well, there have been some walk issues. There have been some inconsistency issues. Um, there are some, some kinks to work out on the mound, but with that being said, who cares what the pitching looks like if your bats are putting up 10 to 15 runs a game? I mean, there's been one game this season where Ole Miss has scored less than 10 runs. And that was the first, first night of the year where they put up nine. So you've got nine runs, 11 runs, 12 runs, 15 runs, 10 runs, 14 runs, 10 runs, 11 runs. A pretty solid stretch now, mind you, is VCU, Arkansas State, Charleston Southern, Louisiana Monroe the highest level of competition? No, but VCU is a good program. Ole Miss has five run rule run rule wins. Easy for me to say, and the offense cannot stop putting rudders on the board. Now, with that all being said, we haven't started playing anybody. They haven't played anybody, Paul. Um, this weekend is going to be a huge test at UCF. UCF is a very good baseball program. Um, they're not necessarily top 25. It's not like we're starting the season against, you know, a Long Beach State or even a Southern Miss. Um, but with that being said, UCF's a good program. So if you can go in and, and sweep the series this weekend, Ole Miss is in a good spot to potentially stay undefeated all the way through uh, non-conference play up until March 17th when they go to Auburn and then the real test starts. So I, I like what I've seen so far from the offense. I like bits and pieces of what I've seen so far from the pitching staff. But as we knew coming into the season, as we discussed on our preview show, there will be things that need to be worked out 
in terms of the bullpen, in terms of who's starting when. Um, and I think Hunter Elliott has a good shot to get into the weekend lineup at some point this year because he really just shoved on Tuesday um, and looks the most dominant of anybody yet. So there's a lot of ball left. There's always a lot of ball left. But to jump out to to eight and zero with five run rule victories and outscoring your opponent like ninety two to twenty six or whatever it is, uh, it's a, pr- a pretty good start. Pretty good base to build off of. Can you keep that momentum rolling? We'll see. This weekend is a huge, huge test. I can't remember. I think I might have said it on the show, or I might have just said it to you in a text message. But I remember before the season started. The expectation was that they were going to hit. They returned every single bat from the lineup a year ago. And I, I might have said it on the show, but it, it, even if I didn't, I know I told you this. I, I remember saying it's, it's not the worst thing in the world to have a really good offense and a staff that you're just trying to figure out because you can score a ton of runs and just figure it out in the first month and a half, two months. And then you hope by late March, mid-April, you've figured out what rotation you like on the weekends, who's throwing midweek, who's coming up out of the bullpen as a setup, middle, late relief, closer, whatever. Um, I mean, yeah, through eight games, if you're hitting 351 as a team, um, that's going to that's gonna ease your pain with uh, figuring out what you want to do with the pitchers. Um, I mean – the bottom three averages right now on the team, Jacob Gonzalez, 273, Pat, uh, Peyton Chatagnier, 261, and Tim Elko, 240. Um, now, Tim Elko is slugging 720, so that's fine. He's hit four home runs, 13 RBIs. Uh, Kevin Graham has four, 17 RBIs. He's slugging 800. Um, Peyton Leatherwood slugging 800. Leading the way, hitting a blistering 611 and slugging 722 is Calvin Harris. Um, I don't know if you want to check that one off your bingo board. I don't know if anyone had that on their bingo board, but, but there you go. Um, yeah. Ole Miss outscoring opponents 92 to 21 so far this season. Um, yeah. Like you said, big test this weekend going on the road down in Orlando against UCF. If they can come out of that with a sweep, it'll be uh as, as Larry David would say, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. And, Heading and, into next week. And you talk about Chatagnier and Jacob Gonzalez being two of the, the worst three on the team in terms of battering average so far this season. And those are two guys who are going to be a consistent part of the lineup and are going to get better with time. So if they're struggling early, Hopefully that means that they're peaking at the right time. I know Jacob Gonzalez is starting to come out of his, his early season slump a little bit. Uh, Louisiana and Monroe will, will help you with that. And then Chatagnier, you know, dealing with an illness midweek this week, just kind of off to a slow start. He's going to get better. So if your two worst guys are two guys that are hitting pretty significantly in the heart of the lineup. And, and one of which is the number two shortstop prospect in the entire country, you're you're in a pretty good spot, and then like you said, who's who's listed better than him? Um, I think it's that something Johnson kid. Um, I don't know. He hit a bomb. He's a high schooler. He hit a bomb um, recently, but somebody's listed ahead of a him. High school kid. What, 
depending on what list you look look at uh come on he's usually the number two guy but i mean like you said with the pitching staff too you, you want to shake things out and it's kind of funny because it's a dual-edged sword with eight of the five of these eight wins being mercy rule run rule wins you're not getting the opportunity to to throw as many innings and to see what you've got i mean there have been four eight nine eleven innings this season that should have been played that weren't because Ole Miss's offense was so good so that's 11 innings to get potentially 11 different pitchers in there and see what they've got and Bianco just hasn't had that chance yet um so this weekend will be like we have said very crucial and very telling for if this team is as good as they say it is Tamar Johnson is his name ahead of uh oh the dude from i got the list here from georgia from mays high school yeah and then andrew jones's son he's not ahead and he's a different position but he's hitting dingers down there in georgia too but that's that's beside the point yeah i mean all due respect to tamar johnson i the body of work that jacob gonzalez has after one year in college and what he did was incredible incredibly I, I, incredible not incredibly it's it, it was fantastic i i'm sure tamar johnson is, is is a very good player never seen him play but jay gonzalez probably uh i like the shortstop from uh cal poly i expected to hear his name uh brooks lee um yeah i mean he is like a career like 340 350 hitter um I mean, he's, he's a guy that I've heard a lot about. Um, not a shortstop, but Jace Young at Texas Tech is another guy. Um, or I guess it's – isn't it Young, Jace Young? It's yeah. like the – like the pronounce the uh, – the J, I guess, like with the Spanish pronunciation. Um, yeah, he's a probably a third baseman at the next level, if I had to guess. Um Anyway, uh, there's another shortstop on here, Cole Young from Pennsylvania. So Tamar, Tamar Johnson, I think you say the R. I, I, I haven't heard his name pronounced. Tamar, Tamar, I don't know if you say the, the R, if it's silent or whatever, but he hit a, he hit a ball so hard. And I, I'm, I'm going to take a second here to go on a little bit of a off-tangent diatribe, but Tamar Johnson hit a, hit a home run that just like, wasn't even close to clearing the fence to the point where it was so far beyond the fence that God only knows where it landed. And as he came around third base, the pitcher that gave up the home run, like high fives Tamar. And I think that is the softest thing ever. I mean, what are you doing? Like I get it. Sportsmanship, like cool, great shot, but, but you just gave up a ding dong to this, to the number one prospect in the entire world. And you're going to tell him good job as he's running third base. That's soft. I mean, what are, what are we doing here? Yeah, I, I mean, a little. I mean, you could just say something. You don't have to actually high five him. That's it's a little much. So soft. Um, a little weird. All right, so we'll pivot <laughs> from baseball recruiting and baseball scouting from us novices here. IMG still up two nothing. Bottom of the third, or I guess heading into the fourth. Uh, I would assume Ferris is still on the mound. 
Um, look, he's technically a part of the show because he is part of the Ole Miss signing class in 2022, but probably not making it to campus, if I had to guess. Probably not. Um, oh, no, it's still bottom of the third. IMG is still hitting. Um, all right, so before we take our first break, I did want to touch on um, – Actually, you know, let's just take the first break. And then when we come back, we will talk some basketball recruiting because I expect some news this weekend. I think you do as well. So hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. Show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we are back here on uh, Committed. Zach Berry, Grayson, we are with you. All right, so teased it before the break there. Amari Abram, 2022 point guard. Originally from Texas, transferred out to Southern California Academy out um i cannot ever remember for the life of me where the school actually is in southern california i don't believe it is technically in la i think it's in another city as someone who has lived out there and is familiar with southern california you might be able to help i unfortunately okay am, here it is i'm of no help with southern Cas- california academy castake oh, castake c-a-s-t-a-i-c Unfamiliar. Unfa- okay. This is a good pod. Um, <laughs> all right. Amari Abram, though, transferred out there, playing with uh, another 2022 um, Ole Miss commit, Robert Coward, out there with Southern California Academy. Last I checked, they were 20-4. and four. Uh, They are still in contention for the Geico Nationals, so they're probably going to continue playing into the month of March. Um, you know, they're one of those prep – academies that just kind of play whoever they want they play a national schedule they don't have a division or a region that they compete in um but yeah he announced earlier this week that he was going to be committing on saturday um i believe it's going to be 4 p.m central time um originally like i said originally from texas was committed to texas a&m at one point decommitted reopened things wanted to kind of take his time and see uh what else would um i guess in terms of offers would come his way um it's been kind of a wild ride for him Uh, a couple of the national guys for on three have talked with him uh several times um but it's been it's been kind of a rocky recruitment for him because the teams that are in the running Ole Miss, DePaul, St. John's, Maryland, Louisville he's only school that he has officially visited is Ole Miss Officially visited Ole Miss last uh, late last year, I believe it was in November. Maybe um, was in town football weekend. Went to a basketball game. Um, he took an unofficial to DePaul. I believe it was probably at some point when SCA was playing somewhere around the Chicagoland area. So he went by for an unofficial. Um, never officially visited St. John's. Um, he did, I guess I should say, he did officially visit Louisville, but then right after the official, he gets home, Chris Mack, boom, axe, out, fired. So kind of retroactively eliminated Louisville. I, I think he's still saying that he's considering them, but they don't have a head coach. Neither does Maryland. So two of his finalists don't have coaches. And then DePaul is not great. Ole Miss, really struggling. And then he's never been to St. John's. So very strange finalist list and very strange recruitment for a guy that's a top 100 player. He's really exploded after the summer and then his senior season. He's really taken off playing for a really talented team, um, playing in a really talented backcourt. We mentioned Cowards with him. Um, he also, Dior Johnson is on that team with him. 
Um, and then his um, other teammate who committed to DePaul, Zion Cruz, who is the 47th overall player. Um, so right now, all signs point to Ole Miss. Um, I've talked to several national sources that think that Ole Miss will receive good news on Saturday. Um, but I want to get your thoughts. He is a really dynamic guard. I think he gives them uh, whoever gets him, if Ole Miss gets him, whoever. I think he gives the staff a ton of flexibility with how he plays, the style of play. He, ha he plays with incredible pace. He's a really good on-ball defender. I, the, I want to hear the Grayson Weir scouting report for Amari Abram. I really like Amari Abram. Um, so first of all, I looked it up. Southern California Academy is in the Valley. So it's, it's. Ooh, the Valley. I don't even, you don't, the people from LA don't, don't consider the Valley LA. The Valley is the Valley. <laughs> um, but That's very putting, entourage of you. Putting that aside. I like Amari Abram. I think he's one of those guys that, like we said, he's, he's kind of continuing to grow into the player that he can become. Um, I think he was a three-star recruit as of about a year ago, has moved up, grown into a four-star, and, and plays as a, a high four-star guy, you know, and, and has a lot of potential. He's a, he's a lefty, creates a lot of shots. I think that's his big thing is he doesn't force things, but he's able to find spaces and, and – openings to get in there and get him the ball where you might not expect him to has a has a tremendous ability to drive to the rim um, and throw his his forearm as a a driver uh, down the lane I, I think he's a really solid overall guard you know he's not gonna shoot the lights out every single night as a scorer, but he has a mid-range jumper that's that's money. He's not going to be your team's leading rebounder every night, but there are nights that he could be the team's hiding, highest scorer. There are nights that he could be the team's highest rebounder. So he has a very well-rounded skill set, um, big on Euro steps and hot, hop steps, which I love, and very twitchy. So... I, I think he's a great ad, but I'm just curious to know, like we've said, it's such a unique recruitment that what happens if Kermit Davis gets the ax, which I don't think he will. I think he, his contract is too mm -hmm. heavy. His recruiting class has been solid. This year has been almost has struggled with injuries. So you can kind of use those things as excuses, but there is a chance that Kermit Davis doesn't survive this. Does that well, impact I mean, Amari? I don't know. Um, but I do think been, Kermit will survive. So. That's what's been so bizarre is I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you know, um, if not, somebody will probably let me know if I'm wrong after this is put up. But I think this basketball team, as bad as they are, and they are bad, it's the most talented on paper yep. roster that Ole Miss has ever had. Wow. I didn't realize ever. I, but think, it's, that's, it's definitely I think that's the there. case. Um, 
I mean, obviously, you have the program's first ever McDonald's All-American, Deshaun Ruffin, who unfortunately had a knee injury. Matthew Morrell was a top 100 prospect. Um, Austin Crowley was a, was a former four-star. I mean, whether or not he plays like one is beside the fact. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, that's what's so kind of just makes this so tricky and bizarre is Ole Miss has, you know, three – or could potentially bring in three more four stars. You've got Malik Ewan, who's a top 100 player, and then TJ Caldwell, another guy. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that's blown up. I mean, he is just – he's gone viral um, with the the insane dunks that he's been doing. He's a, a on 300 player, uh, 117th overall. Robert Coward, 185th overall. And then Malik Ewan is 86th overall. Um, a really good signing class right now. So – all, all three of those signed in September. Um, so here's the rundown. So Joe Tipton of On3 Sports uh, broke it down um, last week with Amari Abram. He talked with him. This is kind of how complicated things are. So this is Joe writes, Louisville, Maryland don't have a head coach. Ole Miss, St. John's both have two guards committed. I don't think that'll really – I don't know. I, don't, I haven't looked at who St. John's has, but – the guards that Ole Miss have, I think they are legitimate shooting guards. I think they're twos. Yep. I think Abram can, can be either one. I think he can be a one or a two. He does both for SCA. And then Xavier, who is in the mix, they're no longer pursuing him after they landed. Uh, Desmond Claude and then DePaul just landed, like I said, Zion Cruz, um, Abram's teammate. Could they make it work? We don't know. Um, Abram did talk with Joe about Ole Miss. He did officially visit. It was in December, so it was not for a football weekend, but it was in December. Um, he said, the quote, the visit was real great. They have a great coaching staff and a great group of guys. It's in the SEC. I think I would fit in the SEC system, especially theirs. Like I said, a lot of schools want me to come in and be a key factor. I know they have guards, but I think me and those guards could be big names in the SEC. They want me to come in and make an impact from the start. Not afraid of competition not afraid of who's already on the roster or who's coming in with him if he chooses to go to Ole Miss. Um, but, I mean, his skill set, 6'3", like you said, athletic. He's very crafty, creates his own shot, gets into the lane, creates for other people. Um, very underrated as a distributor, in my opinion. Um, and like you said, good mid-range jumper. Um, probably needs to improve his three-point shot. But, I mean, who doesn't? I mean, not everybody can can be Steph Curry or Clay Thompson. So, um, it's not like you're, you know, they don't grow three-point shooters on trees. Uh, I think that with the layout of his recruitment, it makes the most sense for him to go to Ole Miss because I do think he could – I think there's a path for him to at least get some minutes year one. Don't know what Jarquel Joyner is going to do. Jake Thompson of the Ole Miss Spirit wrote today that Jarquel Joyner is going to test the waters. I don't know if that's NBA. I don't know if it's overseas. No idea. But he says he's going to test the waters. Um, and then what's the roster going to look like? What, what Attrition. Yeah. Who's who's coming back? Who's leaving? Who's getting in the portal? Um, you, you know, it, again, is Kermit going to be back? We don't know. A lot of unknowns. I don't know if that – I don't really know if it hinges on Kermit. He mentioned fitting in the system – he talks a lot. He, he, he talked with Jamie Shaw on three about the freedom that the guards play with. Like he 
he was at a game. He sat there in person and watched Deshaun Ruffin. This was pre-injury, obviously. Watched Matthew Morrell. Watched Jarkel Joyner. Um, watched those guys play at Ole Miss, and he liked what he saw. So I, I already put in a prediction for Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss will get good news on Saturday. And I think it's a hell of a get. I mean, this late in the process, regardless of how weird the recruitment is, and you can say, well, he may have gone X, Y, or Z if they had a coach. Well, maybe, but they don't. So however you can get talent, it doesn't really matter. So I think he picks on this, and I think it would be a hell of an addition to an already really good 2022 class. I completely agree. I think Ole Miss will get some very good news over the weekend with Abram, and I think he is a, a – potential I'm not going to say diamond in the rough because he's a four-star guy so it's not like he's in the rough per se but I think there's a lot of room for him to develop into a better player than he already is I think that he plays a lot with just instinctual basketball ability I don't think he's necessarily as strong of a team player and I know that sounds maybe counterintuitive considering that he's he is very good at creating shots but what I mean by that is he's not the best at creating opportunities for others so he is very good at creating shots for himself he's very good at getting open for himself but he's not always the best at making strong competent decisions that help his teammates around him or something as simple as making the extra pass abram might choose to instead of make that extra pass just put up his forearm forearm and drive to the rim and that's not a bad thing because most of the time he's going to make those shots but once you get him into a college system and you show him hey you're not the guy you are a guy and you have four other guys around you who are just as good if not better depending on what stage of the career you're looking at abram around you he's going to see those things he's going to mature into a player who's not as erratic as he was i mean even a year ago abram as of a year ago was more erratic than he is now he has matured and grown and learned to see the court better. And that will only continue as he gets into a college program. And again, I don't think Kermit's going to get the can because his recruiting has been so impressive, despite the fact that Ole Miss has struggled this year, despite the fact that Ole Miss didn't live up to expectations last year, didn't go as far in the postseason as they would have liked. Despite all that, he's recruiting really well. So he's probably going to keep his job. He's probably going to get Abram on Sunday, who's another piece to the puzzle down the road when you start looking at the current guys on the roster who are going to be leaving. Abram fills that void and that hole as someone who can play the one when he needs to be the one. He can play the two when he needs to be the two. And if you really wanted to stretch the floor and go with the smaller lineup at 6'3", 180, you maybe get him up to closer to 190, 200. 
once he gets to college, you could stretch him to that three spot in a smaller shooting lineup and have him, like I've said, throw that elbow up, throw that forearm up and just drive to the rim. So he's a very versatile guy who hasn't lived up to his potential yet. And that says a lot considering that Ole Miss, uh, excuse me, on three consensus, 92.13 grade. I mean, that's a very good grade. Um, so the fact that he still has a pretty significant ceiling ahead of him says a lot about what he could do when he gets to the college level, gets in a college weight room, starts learning a college offense, and has the opportunity to create space with his step back, move laterally, and, and find the open man around him. So I think it's a big get. And I think just like you've said, um, just like everyone on the on three database and pretty much all college basketball recruiting analysts have predicted, he's probably going to be playing for the Rebels, assuming that he sticks with his commitment that he's set to make on Sunday. You know, I, I, it got me thinking when you, when you use the term diamond in the rough and like you said, it's hard to call somebody that's a top 100 prospect and a four star, a diamond in the rough, but you know, he is a 2022 prospect and in this stage of the recruitment in that cycle, he could kind of somewhat be a quote diamond in the rough or someone that's kind of forgotten. Um, I pulled up the consensus, the consensus top 100 for the 2022 class, I think by my count, just from scrolling, there are only six prospects in the top 100 that are not committed. Um, everybody else is either committed or signed. So a lot of guys either, yeah, I don't know if they're taking their time to make a commitment or they're possibly thinking of, you know, G League or overtime elite or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's still out there uncommitted in a, class that most of the prospects are signed and already done and ready to head on to college, you know, whenever their senior season's over. Um, As I was looking at the top 100 prospects, I I couldn't help but notice that the one, two, and three prospects are all signed and headed to Duke University. And that is hilarious. Um, Kyle Filipowski, 6'11". Derek Lively, the second, 7-1, and Derek Whitehead, 6-6. All going to play for John Shire next season. Just silly. Funny how that works. Yeah, so they look at Duke's class. Oh, they do have a three-star in there. Good for them. Um, So, yeah, so they have have two seven-footers. 6'11 guy, and then two six, uh, or a 6'6, six, 6'8, six, six, and then a 6'5. So three five stars, two four stars, and a three star who's seven one and plays for Oak Hill Academy. So not bad. Goodness gracious. Yeah. So, you know, this weekend's the farewell to Coach K at Cameron Indoor, final, you know, final regular season game there. I guess final game there um, before he hangs up after the season and he will hand the keys to the Bugatti. To John Shire. Do you see those ticket prices for the for this weekend? That for his final game at Cameron Indoor. I heard that. Uh, I was listening to College Sports Now. Shout out to uh, fellas over there. Uh, Stephen Hartzell, Matt Norlander, great podcast by the way. I will give a free ad for them. They are uh, outstanding. 
uh, they were talking about, um, I guess it's close to the floor. I think they said it's row B. So I would assume that is very close. Um, it was going for over 10 grand. Yeah, it's bananas. There's currently the get in price just to get in the door is I'm looking at it right now, $3,690. The average ticket price sits around 5,300. And then the most expensive yeah. ticket, there are currently two tickets listed on StubHub at $75,000 each. Absolutely oh. bananas. Absolutely Jeez. bananas. But anyway, I digress. They're like holding out hope that like LeBron might buy it. I mean, who's <laughs> going to buy that? I don't know, man. If you go to Duke, you there's probably some uh, some pretty well-to-do alumnus. Yeah. Um, I did hear, you know, it's Coach K's last game. They invite if if you played at Duke, you were invited to come. That's cool. So I would I would assume that means you had a free ticket. Um, but it was only only players, like no plus ones. Like you can't bring like your wife, your girlfriend, you can't bring your like your kid, like it's just you. Love that. Um, I think it's mostly to do with Cameron Indoor being small. I mean, it's just over 9,000 at capacity. So, um, but yeah, so Amari Abram, I think it's Ole Miss. Uh, I think most people out there would agree. Um, so yeah, if that is the case, that is another huge get for Kermit Davis as he is currently on the ropes fighting for his job. Um, so uh, with that, we're going to take our final break, and then we are going to jump in to our mailbag portion of the show. So hang tight. We'll be right back to answer your questions. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50-plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 7 365 you can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com podcast also comes to you thanks to bluff city advisory group Memphis's leading team of finance professionals they can provide advanced assistance with financial planning pension and qualified plan support and business and estate planning strategies Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at BluffCityAdvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around, give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 
901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Berry, Grayson, we're with you here. All right, Grayson, let's jump in it here. First question. Who, in our opinion, will be the next portal player to commit to Ole Miss and join the team in the summer? And could there be another quarterback from the portal that is signed by Ole Miss? Next portal guy. I don't know if this is a cop-out, but I'm going to say it has to be Deion Smith because I don't know who else is out there. Um, I, look, I Ben Garrett is as well-sourced as anyone on this, and he continues to say that Deion Smith – We'll get his affairs in order on the education side and we'll report to Ole Miss. I'm going to stick with him. I'll say Deion Smith. Do you have anybody else in mind? I don't think so. Um, I'm going to go ahead and answer the second half of that question about the quarterbacks. I I Mm -hmm. don't foresee another quarterback unless there's somebody that jumps into the portal. Um, I think, I think you've got a three deep set already in Oxford and there's no need to, uh, add and I mean, obviously, if if there's a quarterback who enters that wants to come to Ole Miss, um, I, I don't think Lane Kiffin's going to say no. But with that being said, I mean, you've got already Jackson Dart, you've got Luke Altmeyer, who, I mean, he could potentially choose to move on after the spring if he doesn't win the starting job. So maybe you bring another guy in, but assuming that the current quarterback room stays how it is, you've got Jackson Dart, Luke Altmeyer, and Jack Abraham, a pretty solid one, two, three punch there on the depth chart that, and there's no need to bring anybody in. Certainly not JT Daniels, certainly not Jaden Daniels, no, not Jack Sears. You know, I don't think there's a, another quarterback that makes any sense for Ole Miss to even target, let alone for a quarterback to look at Ole Miss and say, oh, I'm going to go compete with Jackson Dart, Luke, Luke Altmeyer for a starting job and a backup job. And then I have to go even compete with a guy like Jack Abraham for a third string position. I don't think there's another quarterback. As for the portal itself, yeah, I think Deion Smith is going to be the guy that commits um, and signs with Ole Miss over the summer. I don't know anyone, like you said, beyond that because the portal is always turning and there will be more players to enter after spring ball uh, full unfolds over the next couple of weeks here. So maybe we re- revisit that question after spring ball and once all the, the early depth charts start to shake out around the country. All right, next one. I- they asked us to predict the last four portal players. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I can't predict. I don't, I don't know. But I will answer the second one, second part of the question. Who do we see emerging as the go-to receiver this year? I'm going to go first. I'm going to say Jalen Knox will be the go-to guy in 2022. Oh, you man. That's an that's a interesting pick. Um, I don't. I don't dislike it. I think he's going to be – the guy to look for um gosh i don't know it's such a deep position i'm i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna spin this on its head instead of saying the go-to wide receiver i'm gonna say watch out for a sleeper and i'm gonna say watch out for jj henry 
um, a guy who, okay. who like is that. a lot quicker than people give him credit for and could be someone who slots into a kind of a scat back slot receiver um, jack of all trades kind of role that almost likes to use and and charlie weiss used a lot at usf is kind of that small quick wide receiver who can kind of just get into the gaps and and dodge duck dip dive and duck um dip dive and dodge his way through a defense so i think jj henry someone to sleep on oh god as for go to yeah, I don't know. I think Jalen Knox is, is going to probably be the guy. I think Danish Jackson could be interesting. Uh, if he's even there, I actually don't know if he's staying. But yeah, no, I'm going to go ahead and spin that on its head, and I'm going to say look out for J.J. Henry to be an emerging weapon in the offense. All right. This one, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 0 being no worries, and then 10 obviously being very bad. If Mike Bianco does not make Omaha on a scale of one to 10, what's the likely figure of him being gone? Look, I, you could say this is a cop-out or me ducking the question. I think it depends on what the season looks like. If it's going to be another super regional game three, play a tough opponent, lose, I don't know. I don't see it. It, it all depends on how they get there. This team they're only eight games in. It's impossible to predict what they're going to look like in May and June. But, I mean, barring just a complete collapse, I mean, I don't even know if they would fire him. I just don't know. It's such a – it's Groundhog Day with this question every season. Um, I mean, look, I just said it's eight games in. You can't make predictions. But if you want me to make a prediction, I mean, this team, from what everybody is telling me that knows baseball, says that this team is built to get there. They have the offense and they have a ton of talent in that rotation, even though they're trying to figure it out and piece it together. There's a lot to like there. So it's impossible to make a prediction there. I mean, I don't think they would fire him if they don't make Omaha. But, I mean, if you made me guess right now, I would say they have a good shot to at least get to another Super Regional three-game series. And then at that point, you know, all bets are off. It's just kind of who's playing better at, at that particular point in the season. So I don't know. I mean, you feel free to completely say I'm wrong or, or contradict me here, but I mean, I don't think Mike Dinko will be gone if he doesn't get to Omaha. No, we're usually on the, we're usually pretty on the same page with these, these kind of things. It's too early to tell. Um, but if Ole Miss does not get to Omaha, and loses in a regional to Tennessee Tech, I, I think there is a higher probability of him getting fired than if they lose to Arizona in a game three super regional. And I and again, that's a cop out too because it's too early to tell. It really is. We don't know what the pitching mm-hmm. staff is going to look like. We don't know what the offense is going to be able to k- keep this consistency going. But if Ole Miss makes a super regional and doesn't get embarrassed. I'm going to say that the likelihood on a scale of one to 10 
of Mike Bianco getting fired is a two. Yeah, if loses in a regional, a six. Okay, was it maybe a five? I mean, yeah, it just, just depends. My, my <clears> thing with this, me in like two months. Exactly, ask me in two months. But then my thing with this, and we do this every single year for the past how many years now? Six, seven, twenty fourteen, Omaha. Mm-hmm. What? Coach, are you going to go get? Who are you going to go get? That is better. I mean, you could say blank check, Mike Godwin. I've said that before. You could go get. God, I don't. I, I mean, Mike I think was a good coach. The, yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's hard to get there, and I know that everybody points to all the other schools that have gotten there, and you know the elephant in the room with with Mississippi State winning the national title, and they get there year in year out. It seems. It's it's just difficult. It's hard. It's a hard sport. Baseball is a game of failure, and Ole Miss has unfortunately failed to get to the pinnacle of the sport time and time again. So, it, you know, ask again in two months. All right, blue chip players in the 2023 class that Ole Miss is at least have a 50-50 shot at landing. 50-50s, I, I mean, the, the easy one off top is Arch Manning. <laughs> Ole Miss has a legitimate shot at getting Arch. I don't care what the national pundits say. I don't care about crystal balls or prediction statuses or whatever. Ole Miss is going to be in it until the very end. I think it's Georgia, Ole Miss, and Texas. I don't particularly buy the Alabama hype. I, I just don't. I think Georgia's in the lead. I don't think he would sign with Ole Miss if, you, if signing day were today. But it's not, so it doesn't matter. Um, I think they have a legitimate shot at Arch Manning, who's the number one overall player. Um, as far as other players that are blue chips, um, I mean, Ole Miss already has a blue chip guy committed in Sunterian Perkins. Um, another quarterback that's in the mix, if Arch Manning were to not pick Ole Miss, uh, Jaden Rashada, that's the guy that I think Ole Miss would pivot to. Really talented guy out of Pittsburgh, California. Um, Chris Vecina is another quarterback, four-star guy, 40th overall player in the country. He's in town this weekend. He will be in attendance for the junior day. I mean, it's really early to tell and to really say 50-50 shots at guys. Um, but, I mean, they're they are in on some talented dudes. Derek Williams, a safety out of Louisiana, 52nd uh, overall player in the country. Kelby Collins, the 55th overall prospect, he is in town this weekend. Um, I, I mean, they are – this is the the new age of, of college football recruiting. They're going to go after elite blue chip high school players. And then they're going to pick up the pieces and they're going to hit the portal. That's what they're going to do now. So the days of signing 25 high school players, those are gone. That's just not how they're going to operate. For the time being, and, and actually Deion Sanders spoke about this. Uh, recently he said he feels bad for high school kids because they're not getting the chances that they used to because why would you take a unproven prospect from high school i mean he's not the first to say this but the way he said it was you know made a lot of sense why would you take an unproven guy from high school 
when you can take somebody who has already made that transition to the collegiate level and you know his weaknesses. So a high school recruit, you don't necessarily know what they need work on because they haven't made that transition yet. The players in the transfer portal, you can say, okay, you know, Grayson Weir is a very good pass rusher, but he struggles to stay balanced the line of scrimmage. We will go get him, and that's what we will work on the entire offseason. So in, like you said, the age of 20, 25 high school kids is over. It's going to be a lot of transfer portal guys. But of my, again, 50-50 is too early to tell. But blue chip recruits who are in the mix, and I actually don't know if he's a blue chip yet. I think he will be if he's not already by the time this recruiting cycle comes to close is Jonte Cook, the wide receiver out of DeSoto. Um, I think Ole Miss has a pretty good shot at him. He's pretty wide open right now. I think Ohio State is likely in the lead. I know Brian Hartline is recruiting him super heavy. But I think Ole Miss has a good shot to bring him in and say, look, here's what Ole Miss has done historically, and here's what I, Lane Finn, have done with wide receivers in recent history. I can bring you in. I can give you the tools you need as a slot receiver similar to an Elijah Moore and get you the ball a billion times per game. Come here, play for us. And I think John J. Cook, the second, he is the second. I don't know if he's a blue chip yet. He will be by the end of this cycle. And I think Ole Miss is pretty high on him. And I think he likes Ole Miss. So that's the guy that I'm going to go ahead and say there. Yeah, he's a high four-star. He's a top 50 guy. Um, Texas, Texas A&M are going to be tough to beat there as well. Uh, being yeah. from the Lone Star State. Um, and I will and say this, with the oil money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second part of the question, best barbecue in Nashville, and they don't want a bougie answer. Um, oh, gosh. I'll go, so I, I'll go first. Go it's, it's right down the street. Uh, Shotgun Willie's is fantastic. <laughs> Funny you say that. I was going to say Shotgun Willie's. It's more of a Texas – um, mm-hmm. style barbecue so I guess it, it depends on what type of barbecue that you are looking at but yeah I was I was gonna say shotgun willies too so I guess we'll just uh go ahead yes, and agree on that one it's phenomenal it's hard to beat um uh, if I had to go kind of outside the box non-bougie um hmm. man I got I mean, there's so many there's so many good barbecue places here, but they're just like so commercialized now. Yeah, and that that's the issue. I I really like Edley's. Uh, it's kind of bougie now, especially in the 12 South area. Um, but I really like Edley's. And then the one I was going to say that people don't really know about. I don't even think it's necessarily a. It's not. I mean, it's not a barbecue place. But when you head out to Loveless Cafe, I mean, it's I guess technically not Nashville. But Loveless Cafe, they're known for their biscuits. They're known for their brisket, uh, breakfast. But you should try their pit smoked turkey uh, with cranberry mm. barbecue sauce. Okay. It's pretty right. awesome. Um, another kind of a local um, institution, Wits Barbecue is solid. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're wanting to go like non-big time chain. Um, yeah, I mean, there's – 
a lot of good places in Nashville just because it's kind of a hybrid of kind of all different kinds of barbecue that's good. So they really don't have a style here. That's just a nice mix of everything. So that's can't beat that. Um, go to shotguns. If we had to, if we both name yes. one place together, shotguns, then is the, is the spot shotgun Willie's. Yeah. You got to go early because they, they cook until it's gone. And some, some mm-hmm. days they're, they're done at two o'clock. All right. Um, let's see. Last couple questions here. What major class of 2022 Mississippi prospect do we expect to transfer to Ole Miss after their freshman year? Ooh, some wishful thinking there. Um, That's a lot. I love this question. This is such a hypothetical. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, damn it. I didn't get my way. but I still want to ask the question anyway. Uh, 2020. All right, let's pull it up. Uh, let's see. Do you have anybody off the top of your head? I don't think, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but Marquez Dorch was the first name that I thought of just off the top of my head. Maybe Stone Blanton doesn't like Columbia, South Carolina. Um, I mean, if, I if I'm going to have to, I mean, a cop out here, I mean, you could possibly take your pick with any of the Mississippi State guys, just if Mike leads them to belly up. I mean, Ole Miss would welcome in Travion Williams with open arms if he were to look elsewhere. Um, four-star guy, fourth overall prospect in the class, 6'3", 253 edge guy. That's somebody that you need. I don't know. I mean, people were asking about Jaheim Otis, Branson Robinson. I mean, I want to see what Branson Robinson is going to do at Georgia. For someone that's as physically impressive as he is and looks the part and Georgia and them know how to recruit running backs, he didn't have monster numbers as a senior. Now, I'm not saying that that means he's not going to be good, but typically guys like him dominate the high school level. And, you know, he he had a good senior season, but it wasn't anything just eye-popping. I don't know about Otis. I mean, I think Otis, it all kind of depends on – his fitness and what kind of shape he's in and how well he translates to the speed of the game and strength and conditioning at the college level. Cause I mean, he's a guy that's pushing getting to four bills and I don't care how athletic you are. It's really tough to move that much weight effectively. So how patient will they be with him in Alabama? Will they recruit over him and you know, he gets lost in the shuffle. I don't know if it's a soft, uh, a freshman year, sophomore year transfer, but um, it's always on the table with the portal now. So it, it's hard to pick one. I would just kind of say maybe a state signee that, like I said, they, they have a bad year and Mike Leach gets canned. It's a new staff turnover and they might be looking elsewhere. So um, let's see, last couple questions here. Uh, well, while we were talking about Branson Robinson, I Googled him again, just because I, I, I actually like Google him a very strange amount of, because I'm just in sheer awe of his size. I just Googled him again for like probably the third time this week. And every time I look at him, I, I think he could legitimately beat me up with one hand. 
what didn't he then he set some new like powerlifting record with like squatting like <laughs> 700 pounds or something yeah so he he benches 450 i actually know these numbers off the top of my head <laughs> he benches 415 squats 615 and deadlifts 715 um sure pretty sure. pretty insane at 17 years old yeah. i think he could legitimately beat me up with one hand very normal um yeah okay uh i got some more questions here this one's kind of um non-Ole Miss related but we'll we'll try to answer it who do we have winning the SOCON tournament and why is it UT chat over Furman I I actually think that's correct I I, I think it is UT chat over Furman going with the mocks yeah I think I, I watched him play over the weekend and okay I, I really like what what they have down there in Chattanooga I think they'll probably end up being a 12 maybe an 11 seed and could Ooh, potentially okay. uh, sneak out a a early first get round. out of the first weekend. Yeah, I think they could. I think they oh, could. Okay. I, I think right. it's. I think they're the team to beat out of the Southern Conference. Go Mox. They're fighting Terrell Owens. Um, <laughs> all right. They also want to know: Are we on the owner's side of the lockout, or are we for the players? I'm kind of insulted that they would even uh, ask that. <laughs> I mean, come on. Now, as a Braves fan, if ML, if Major League Baseball just ended and the Braves got the last World Series ever, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. But, no, I mean, I want them to play. I think they will eventually, right? They have to. I, I think eventually. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just kind of, like, astonished that – are there anyone that's on the side of the owners? Like, is there is there anyone that's like, oh, yeah, go Manfred. Love him. Like, <laughs> no. I don't know. We are, we are pro. We are. Oh, this is an openly pro player podcast. We're and I'm willing to go on the record. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, last couple ones here. Uh, okay. This is for us. We're, we're we're in Nashville. Are we okay with our property taxes going up to get a new stadium to become a host city for the Super Bowl, College Football, National Championship, and guaranteed World Cup host? So I guess this is a hypothetical. Like, would you be okay with them getting all of that if it meant property taxes going up? Oh God, yeah. I mean, no, I mean, like, no, because I don't want my property tax. I mean, I'm not a homeowner yet, so it's fine. But when I get to that point, I don't want my property tax to go up. But like, partying at the Super Bowl, a World Cup, and a national championship would be really fun, and I think that's you know, at the end of the day, it's like, aren't taxes going to go up eventually? So why not just like bump them up a little and yeah. have, have a good time in the process? I mean, what are taxes anyway? I, <laughs> as, as a homeowner, I will tell you, I can't remember the last time I looked at my property taxes. So I, just for good pod, I'll say, I don't care. Do it. Make Nashville it the home for every major sporting event. And it should be. This place is awesome. We saw it with the draft a couple of years ago. I mean, yeah, and they got a Taco Bell Cantina now. I mean, they have everything. Everything. All right. Um, I mean, this one's. A- I love that question too. <laughs> this one's. This one is not a question, but we'll entertain it and we'll close here. Rank the Ole Miss hitters one to thirteen. Oh my God! Rank the Ole Miss baseball hitters one to thirteen. All right, we'll okay. go back and forth. We'll go back and forth. I'll go first. I think 
I was I was high on him last year, struggled down the stretch, but I still think he is one of the best, if not the best hitter on the team. I guess I'm saying he is the best because I'm going first. I'm saying he's number one. I'm saying TJ McCants. Yeah, that's a good pick. I like I like McCants at one. Okay. Um at two, I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna go. God, see, this is tough because you, it just, are we talking power? Are we talking, I guess we're talking overall. Just, just overall, all around, maybe. I'm going to go Kevin Graham. Okay, that's who I was going to say. Um, all right, I'll go Jacob Gonzalez. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. So we've got McCants, Graham, Gonzalez. All lefties, baby. I'm, I'm going to stick with the hot hand here, and I'm going to think that this momentum continues. And I'm going to go Calvin Harris for Oh, the DJ. He's been really hot to start this year, and if he can keep that up, I think it's a legitimate threat to be one of the top guys in the lineup all year, which is great because yeah. he's a phenomenal player, but that sucks because Dunhurst is awesome. Yeah, okay. I was going to go Dunhurst, but I think we got to put him in the top five just because of what he did last year without an ACL. Uh, Tim Elko, I'm going to go Tim Elko five. Just effortless power to all fields, and it looks like now that he has two knees that he is a man on a mission. Four home runs already, slugging 720, second on the team in RBIs. So, yeah, Tim Elko's got to be in the top five. Okay, so – TJ McCants, Kevin Graham, Jacob Gonzalez. How about in the four spot, we just go the catchers? Let's just go with Dunhurst okay. and Harris. All right, that's fair. Yeah, because Dunhurst, he gets forgotten because of the, the what did he, hamstring? Yeah, he's dealing with something tweaked. And, and on okay. top of that, like, Harris has been playing great. So then Alco at five. I'm going to okay. go Kemp Alderman at six. But I also Ooh. have a sweet spot in my heart for Ken Valdeman. That dude just mashes taters. Yeah. Um, hmm. I guess I'll go with uh, old faithful, just old trusty uh, Justin Bench at seven. I, that's what I was going to do too. I think dude just go. dude just hits, man. He just hits. He's he's got that like Will Golson in him where he just just hits. He's, he's feels like he's been there forever, but all he does is it. Okay. So this is eight. Yes. I'm, I'm going to go, and this is someone who, who might need to be higher on the list, but doesn't get the opportunities. And we've seen in Mike Bianco's replies that the, the people love him. I'm going to go in the eight spot. I'm going to go Hayden Leatherwood. All right. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's kind of one of those guys where, I mean, this lineup is just kind of loaded, so it's hard to get dudes ABs, but I feel like he needs to be in the lineup more than he is. Yeah, it's uh, a lefty thing, and then Van Cleave gets in there. It's a, it's a, it's a debate that I have seen stupid. at nauseum on Stop Twitter. Doing, look, I, I've read the book, and I actually watched Moneyball recently. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on. The variety lefty thing is stupid. Um, all right, so what are we at, nine? Nine. So we've got we've got McCants one. We had oh god, I'm already forgetting. 
We had Kevin Graham, too. Yeah, McCants, Graham, Gonzalez. Yep. The catchers. Oh, the catchers, then then Elko. Then Elko. Then we went Kemp Alderman, then Justin Bench, now Hayden Leatherwood. Yep. Um, All right, so you went with the hot hand earlier. I'm going to go with the hot hand here. I'm going to go Reagan Burford. I like that. Also, I I think he's a sack fly king right now. Yeah, he really is. It's 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 what he does best. Credit to him. I'm gonna go ahead. I'll I'll, I'll take Ben Van Cleve off the board here at ten. <laughs> he's been hitting well to start the year. He has credit to him. He's been hitting pretty well. He's he's making money. You know, as the DH, does he necessarily need to be the DH every every day? No. When you have Kemp Alderman and and Hayden Leatherwood, but he's been playing well. So I'll go ahead and side Van Cleve there at 10. Just full disclosure for everyone listening, it is 9.54 local time, so I don't know how much Grayson has had to drink, but here we are. <laughs> He's been um, playing well this year. He's been playing well this year. Okay. I'll go Peyton Chatagnier. What is that, 11, 12? That would be 11, but I'd actually – yeah, I, I forgot we hadn't put Chatagnier in there. Let's flip that. Let's go Chatagnier, Van Cleve. Okay. Um, and, and then I'll go with 12. I'll go Taiwan Malone. Hell yeah. Got to. All right. That'll do it for <laughs> – man, we just <laughs> lit to the finish line there. Uh, that'll do it for the for the, this edition of Not Committed. Um, thanks to you all for hanging in there for the message board. Questions, mailbag questions. Uh, thank you to everybody for sending those in. Thanks for listening. Thank you to the sponsors for making the show possible. And thanks to Grayson for uh, accommodating me for my uh, whirlwind of a day here and uh, getting this done. But uh, thanks again, buddy. We'll do it again next week. Probably be uh, recapping the first junior day of the year for Ole Miss. So until next time, take care. We out. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.